Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Transmitting live from Planet Margate. This is episode 13 of Buddies Buddies, featuring Hermetic Sign Company. Good God, it is a magical afternoon um i don't know if this is the golden hour the magic hour it's golden i can tell you that much where the sun is disappearing it's gone like foggy misty gold and it's doing the weird thing where like when you mix the the colors together on a on a palette it would normally be green but it's it's I don't know I don't know how the sky like mixes blue and yellow but it doesn't make green but yeah it's quite wonderful and um, yeah I've got a full moon over on the east up in the sky the big boats are out doing the things that they do those things I'm not sure I can only imagine it's fishing I haven't done my research to the right of me is the old Lido and. Yeah, where the sun's going down, like there's a silhouette of uh, Westgate. It's amazing. Maybe it's further away. I don't know. I can't really tell. Anyway, yeah, it's it's lush. It makes a world of difference doing it at this time of day, and not the spooky dark evening. Yeah, which was equal parts exciting and a little bit scary. Thanks for joining me this week. It's a killer one this week. Uh, been holding on to this for a little bit. Uh, I'm joined by Andrew Hudson of Hermetic Sign Co. If you are unfamiliar with the name, then, uh, well, probably more specifically, if you're a Margate resident, you'll be absolutely certainly familiar with his work. He's a sign writer, a uh, letter artist well there's a difference we get into it um i wanted to get the uh the semantics right um i think we got to the bottom of it so he's he's out here basically painting signs for all the shops in margate and uh they are beautiful works 
his style is like it's just really clean and very very sharp and it has a, a definite hand well obviously it's done by hand but like it has a hand finished element so like it you know from a distance it looks uh, perfect but up up close it has the kind of those you know like the sort of imperfections that a computer wouldn't wouldn't ever dare make or would be like considered an error sort of thing which is which is great um over the past few months i've been um sort of doing a bit more of a deeper dive into ceramics and pottery in no small part thanks to the great pottery throwdown i'm only human i enjoy that a lot and yeah the just the sort of these human made pieces of work uh i'm yeah all all about that and um there that's what hudson hermetic is uh, a champion at and uh, I mean not only signs I mean he does a lot of like really tricky like reverse window design things um have a little a little gander at his um Instagram page to like see some of that like you know go go back a bit because there's a lot of like real super nice work on there don't just look at the signs I have have a look at these of you know he's done you know like the little the little uh, glass painting things above front doors he's done a he's done a gang of them um yeah and so yeah he's he's, he's just the just really really slick artist let's say so i had a lot of questions which uh so i just finished editing it and um all right you're gonna have to forgive me because some of them they sound fairly obvious like you might hear me kind of like it sounds like i'm scratching my head looking confused going um so so how do you paint a, a sign and what 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 do you use to paint a sign and stuff like that um it's not like i don't know i, I, I was being um i thought i'd sort of i, I kind of wanted to just sort of take things to like right down to the basics like there's some podcasts i've heard like recently um oh sorry i'm walking along these like the tides out and i'm walking along some of the slippiest rocks i could have chosen like I've got the entire beach to myself and I've chosen the slipperiest part and I've got trainers on and I'm walking on these slippery rocks. There we go. Okay. All right, we're through it. You okay? Good. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, listening to a few podcasts where they it's like two people geeking out over something and not letting the audience in and I think that's kind of... It, it has a really weird effect. It's a little bit it just sort of excludes you i think and um the way i see it is like if i have a question i mean surely surely one of you has that same question and um if i don't know something what better time to ask than with the person who's talking about it and knows a lot about it and it's also really nice doing it without google and like without computers there um it's very liberating i think i mean i know personally like i'm i'm really i'm kind of trying to not google stuff easier said than done i know and maybe it's a bit counterproductive but i like i just like the idea of sort of either like sometimes i just like the idea of guessing at stuff or, or just like being confident in what i think it is and 
yeah i don't know it's, it's just nice like when we're doing these things to just have a chat and if i've got something i want to know then i'll just ask uh so yeah this is a safe space um i hope you don't mind uh the appearance of some obvious questions uh hudson knows his stuff so um he is the person to ask such questions um he used a, a particularly nice phrase where he, he, he speaks about like the community of sign writers and letter artists as the brotherhood of the brush. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a classy collective to be a part of. I really like that. It's, it's nice because yeah, a, th- a, um, a lot of these kind of creative arts, uh, I'm always interested to know what the community is like in it. Like whether it's uh, competitive or you know, or if it's all really sort of like everyone's just out for the, the the betterment of the creation and like you know supportive and that whole like giving each other a foot up kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, we, we get into that. I hope you get a kick out of it. I mean, like whether or not you live in Margate, I feel like that's irrelevant in this one. I hope hopefully with most of them as well. Like there's there's like, you know there's a lot to be gained from um, just hearing hearing a creative person talk about their art and and what inspires them and the history and all this kind of stuff um you know there, there's just a really cool uh, inspirational story behind it i think and uh yeah hopefully there's you know there's a lot that you'll connect with on it and um get a kick out of uh if you do live in margate i mean you're hearing from the guy who's painted a huge amount of the signs around here uh i'm not i'm not going to give away all the ones he's done um you'll hear it in here i ask him or i think i i blurt out a list of a list of names at him um just just vomit it out at him it's it's grotesque uh so yeah that that's in there and ah you hear that there's a little turf war going on over there all right we good Okay, I think I think they squashed the turf war. Uh, There's a lot going on just then in that one minute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enjoy the podcast. Um, I'll be back at the end to say goodbye and to not ramble. I promise. And would you believe in the time I've been talking, the sky's got even more gorgeous. I wish you were here to see it. Unfortunately, you're not, so you're going to have to imagine it. So there's that. All right. Catch you in a bit. Please enjoy, Andrew Hudson. AKA Hermetic Sign Co. In a bit. I am here with Andrew Hudson, AKA Hudson, AKA Mr. Hudson, AKA Hudson Hawk, <laughs> AKA Andy, AKA Hermetic Sign Company. Hello there. Hi, Andy. Welcome uh, hi to Hermetic HQ, buddy. Thank you very kindly. Do I call you Hudson or Andy? Or uh, Andrew? Or Mr. Hudson? Hudson feels the most natural. Hudson. Yeah. It's funny because know, I've known you for, let's say, a couple of weeks. And to, to get straight in on surnames like that yeah. feels quite intimate already. Well, it's, I mean, when I was at primary school, there were three Andrews in my class of like 30 kids. Okay. So everyone's called me Hudson since I was... Eight years old. Makes a lot of sense. So, so, yeah, there's probably Andrew, Andy, and then you run out of variables. So yeah. Somebody's got But Huddy. Name. Huddy has been used in the past. I like Huddy. Huddy and Buddy. Exactly. Sweet. <laughs> Buddy, Huddy's Buddies, Buddy and Huddy. Um, how is today progressing for you so far, work-wise? Fairly standard. The work does tend to um, drop off a little bit 
as you as we get in towards winter because of the seasonal nature of Margate's economy. There aren't as many people who are uh, opening up new stuff at this time of year. When is the and when's the peak time? Is it is it just around summer? Like when Margate's cracking? I think when it when it really starts to hit is around just after the Easter holidays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When people realise that there are actually going to be visitors to Margate again, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they actually better saying. start getting their yeah, yeah. their things in order for the summer. That's when it kind of starts to pick up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like this year, how was the how was the sign writing game? Like, what was what? Like, did you have a decent year this year? Like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was really lucky in that I got a couple of big projects actually outside of Margate down in London for a brewery okay. in London which kind of sorted me out for the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can get jobs that sort of keep you going and then, like, if, if there is a sort of lean period maybe in the winter, then you're, you're sort of coming The winter is definitely lean. That is, that is the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I need to do more, really, to balance out that, that seasonal change. So I need to do yeah. maybe some more kind of um, bespoke, not gift items, but, like, commissions and merchandising and whatnot that, that yeah. will take me through maybe some prints or something that will take me through the winter yeah but that's up to me to be more organized and get that stuff sorted <laughs> well for, yeah i mean your your stuff is quite like obviously it's quite transferable so you could i mean there's so many ways you could take it like you could do prints you could do cards you could do yeah like obviously commissions and things like that mm. like, is that something that you're open to or absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and hopefully this winter, I've got maybe three or four big bits and pieces that I can work on that'll Jeez. that'll tide me over. Yeah, because I saw the um, you had like a three D geometric cube design yeah. on your Instagram, and they're, they're like people were sort of like, "Oh, can I get this?" And you're like, "Yeah, any yeah. size you want, any size you want." Yeah, exactly. I'd love to make more of those kinds of things. Yeah, that kind of that kind of clean geometric faux three D. Stuff is, is so fresh and so clean. Yeah. Uh, we, we're going to get to that, of course. But I suppose for the uninitiated, we should explain exactly what we're talking about in terms of what you do. Hudson, oh, yeah. what do you do? I'm a sign writer. And um, <laughs> so it's, I see on, so on your Instagram and just in day-to-day life, you see sometimes people might describe themselves as a sign writer or a, or a letterer or lettering in sign writing. Like, is there a difference between the two? Um, is it just semantics or is there a... A sign writer, I suppose, is someone who is actually out in the field, in inverted commas, up a ladder, mm. putting paint on shop fronts. Okay. Whereas you get lots of people who might be known as lettering artists right. who, who work on with print or with on pen on paper or something who aren't necessarily doing the actual shop front thing but there's a lot i mean there's vast amounts of crossover between all of these areas nowadays yeah it's not as pigeonholed as maybe it once was yeah okay so with um i mean in, in margate do you know how how into sign writing is margate as a town obviously fairly into it as you've you kind of made a home for yourself yeah i mean just the response i've had since i started has been overwhelming you've basically you've done you've done the whole of margate um yeah i don't know i just i I guess i moved here at a time when there was a a niche for that for what i was starting out on doing yeah and people just 
embraced it. Yeah. It's, I think it helps that there's a lot of still surviving original vintage shop, shop fronts. Mm. So having something hand-painted suits the look of a lot of the buildings yeah, along North Down Road and in the Old Town because yeah. they've got those original, they've still got the original shop fronts intact. Yeah, like people are sort of ready to see more of it and got a bit of a taste for it. And do you remember your first project, like your first commission in Margate? I do remember absolutely shitting myself the first time. <laughs> we, am I allowed to swear? Please. Yeah. Swear, okay. it, swear it up. Uh, within reason. Within reason, yeah. I don't okay. allow damn. I don't allow goddamn. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, hell. Um, <laughs> of course, these are going to be bleeped afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, just, you know, go easy on the uh, <laughs> religious ones, but please, how about it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... The, so the first time I was actually um, out there up a ladder in front of the public painting yeah. onto a shop fascia, I was terrified. Yeah, because it's, um, like, it's all that being your first, like that's your debut performance and it's in front of people. So it's like as nerve wracking as, I guess, singing or like It did remind or... me of the first time, because I used to play um, in bands and stuff oh, in yeah, my right, 20s right. and 30s. Mm. It reminded me of the first time I got up on stage with a guitar yeah, with my band. And you've and also got, there's sort of no barrier between you and the audience. So people can just shout out like, you're shit. Or yeah. not, not that they did, but <laughs> like if they wanted to, they could just heckle you like, as you're, yeah. as you're painting. And you do, you, you get some, some pretty classic heckles when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're up there painting as Go well. On, like, like, well, like is that how you spell X or uh, even just a nice little toot on the horn as the cars are passing just to uh, keep you on your toes. Yeah, that's either a heckle or encouragement. Yeah. Either way, depending how you're feeling. Yeah, or I've I've even had you missed the bit, which is, just doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but but that's the, I I wasn't, come back and explain. Yeah. (laughs) That's not how it works. Um, Where where was that for? Do you remember? That one was um, Angela's. Oh, that was your first sign. That was the first time I was actually I mean, in out there painting live in front of the, yeah, 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 yeah. In front and of the public. So do you, is like when you're tasked with a, a sign job, it, does it happen out on the street or do you do it from home or like what's the, where do you work from? Um, yeah, I mean, usually. A bit of both maybe. More often than not, I'm actually out there painting it directly onto the yeah, yeah. shop front. But there are there have been cases where I've either because the shop front's knackered and not worth painting onto, and they they're having it painted onto a fresh panel. Yeah, yeah. In which case, I can work in the studio at home. Yeah, yeah. And is is there a difference in the end product, or is it just? I mean, because I imagine the one out on the street is uh, well, I guess you're susceptible to weather conditions and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't. I hadn't quite realised at the time just how reliant on the the glorious British weather I was going to be when I started. Oh, God. Um, yeah, there have been a couple where, particularly if when you're painting on right on the seafront mm. and the wind's, like, driving uh, in off the North Sea. It'll whip you good. Yeah. Blowing the paint off your brush. Yeah. Um, yeah. That can be a bit interesting, especially yeah. if you're working at height as well. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously it eliminates some of that when you're working indoors. And, yeah. of course, and... I hadn't realised as well that the temperature can really affect the consistency of the paint that you work with. Oh, yeah, right, of course. Because they're kind of oil-solvent-based enamels. Yeah. It, once it drops below about sort of 8, 9, 10 degrees, it really affects the flow of the, yeah. of the paint, and so which what, is really key to 
pulling nice lines. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like a, a straight line with, and you get that bobble going on. Yeah, well, I'm sure you got artistic terms for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's fine. Yeah. So how do you get around that? You can buy a, a. There's a special low temp reducer they call it, which is like a, oh, okay. a paint thinner that's specifically for use at low temperatures. Yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> going inside quite often with yeah, yeah. to let your paint pot warm up and um, that. get some consistency back wow. and cleaning your brush regularly because yeah, yeah. the, the the bristles can kind of clog up with um with claggy paint oh, brutal i know there's so much to consider I mean, it's like a, it, it's the kind of thing i mean i'm so fascinated with it because this is the sort of thing that it's like one of these hidden arts where you can walk through the town and all this stuff your eyes are taking it in but if you don't stop and take a look and think about it, then it can just go unnoticed. But there's so much artistry behind just the, sim- you know, like what would be a, you could look at it as just a simple shop front, but th- there's so much skill and technique involved in it. Yeah. And I mean, it's not just, you know, there's a lot of, of thought and planning that goes into getting the layout and the positioning right and the sizing and the letter spacing yeah. before you even start putting a brush onto the surface. Yeah. So is that um, like, do you, how do because I was going to ask you about that as well. So like, how do you, I mean, cause in a, in a program like illustrator or something like that, it, it's the easiest thing to just align all the letters perfectly, drop it in the middle, center it and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. like, is there mathematics involved in it or like how, how do you get that? The, the justification on the sign and all this. Kind um, of there are, there is some maths involved, some ratios to do with spaces between different types of letters. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got a straight-edged letter up against another straight-edged letter, then the gap becomes wider than it would be if there was a curve meeting a straight. Yeah, yeah. So there's all these sort of little, little rules and variables that yeah, you yeah. can work through on that. But I do use I do use an illustration package okay. called Affinity Designer, which is a kind of close industry competitor to um, to Illustrator. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar. It's a vector graphics yeah, yeah, program, yeah. and there is. Not consternation, but there are differences of opinion and different um, methodologies within the sign writing world. Like a lot of people will pride themselves on hand drawing everything from scratch. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And I will do that with certain jobs, obviously, because you can't, if someone wants a really kind of um, heritage, original style Mm. type, you can't get that out of a computer. No, no, no. um, yeah. You mean something that's sort of on... a lot more detailed than a simple font sort of thing? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of the kind of the more ornamental Victorian yeah, yeah. style typefaces that have got all weird split serifs and little nodules and ball curly details bits. and things and yeah. curly bits. Exactly. Yeah. Curly bits. You can't <laughs> just can't get them out of a computer. No, absolutely not. So, um, yeah, it depends on the job. But I will sometimes use, particularly for mocking up ideas for clients yeah if you've got a photo or a little kind of um schematic of their shop you can chuck oh yeah cool. some, some yeah. different type ideas on really quickly so yeah. it's, it's useful for that but then it's not useful for every single job no in its no. entirety but uh so when you've got the idea approved you've got the go-ahead so then from from that go-ahead to the painting of it like what's do you pencil it out first like how do you get the um, the design up onto the yeah so you sign. really i would either draw out or print out because the other thing is as well quite often it's it's maybe even as much as 50 50 i will just have a design provided by the client because they've right. had someone who's made them a logo or oh yeah of course, there is yeah, an yeah, existing yeah. design to work with yeah in which case 
I'll just have it printed full size. Yeah. And then more often than not, I will create what's called a pounce pattern. P-O-U-N-C-E, pounce. Okay, never heard of that. Go which on. is where you use a little spiked wheel on a stick and you trace round the whole design and leave perforated um, yes, outlines okay. got you, got you. to work from. Like so a complicated you, pizza jigsaw. Yeah. Sort of okay. It's a technique they use in tailoring as well ah. for transferring fabric patterns on yeah. when they're cutting suits and dresses and things. Cool. I, I like all these old-timey... It, it, that, I love that you get things. these kind of weird, archaic yeah. um, things so that just cool. would have... And it was it's the same way that they would have been done... 150 years ago mm. um, absolutely uh, yeah that's really part of what I love about doing it uh, so yeah you'll have your pounce pattern and then when you get to the job you will place that out on the fascia or on the window or whatever it is that you're working on yeah and then you have like a kind of a chalk a dust filled powder pad that you um, pad all over the design and then when you take it off you've got your little dotted where, uh, where the I'll powder s- goes through the yes. perforations. Okay, yeah, got it you. It leaves got you. you your little dotted outlines wow. to follow in chalk. Well, these behind the scenes secrets. Tricks of the a, trade, mate. Yeah. This is, yeah. Such a secretive industry. It's like, it's not obvious as well. I mean, to me, it's just sort of, I can imagine, I've got an idea how I would puzzle my way through it. If if I, if somebody said, like, right, buddy, you got to do Angela's again, not, yeah. they wouldn't do it. And I'm sorry, I'm using <laughs> a sign that you've already done. But like, if they said, right, we need Angela's done. I've got an idea of how I would do it, but it would be the most clunky, yeah. weird way of doing it. So like to hear actually how it's done, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. I couldn't have guessed it. Um, the, other, the other way, of course, is to either, once you've got your drawn or printed template, yeah. you chalk the back or charcoal the back of the design. And then once you put it up, you actually draw over oh, the yeah, outlines yeah. and that transfers the chalk or the charcoal or whatever onto. Yeah. It's okay if it's, a fair, relatively small or short couple of words or something. But yeah. if it's a big, you don't want to be there for hours drawing around the whole design when you're up the ladder. Well, so even, if, even like a circulation issue. I mean, I've, I've, I've done, weirdly, I've done like one or two of these sort of signy type things. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned this sometimes on the podcast. Like, I'll, I'm sure I'll go into it in detail another, t- another time. But like, so my, my partner lived out in Laos for about 10 years. And oh, then wow. for the last two years of that, I was out there living with her. And I was sort of doing podcasts and things like that, like from the UK, like I get files sent to me and I'll mix yeah. them and then, you know, do all the rest of it. But I'd also knock around with some art, art bits and pieces. And then, so there was a, a restaurant in town where like they wanted a, a wall painting and it was like, I've, okay, I'll yeah. do it. Um, are you sure you want me to do it? Because I've never, ever done this in my life. Yeah. And I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it was basically they wanted this, is like a, a woman holding a, it's called a buang. So the restaurant's called buang and a, a buang is a, like a soup spoon. No, oh, right. big sort of, I thought you were going to say it was some kind of musical instrument. It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this weird name that you, you, it's never used in the UK really. So um, yeah, so they wanted this sort of, <sighs> In their words, Asian woman um, and her holding a boang. And then this sort of like, you know, like an old-fashioned sort of Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. There were loads of these Vietnamese things they pulled off of Pinterest and things like that. So, um, But it was run by, it wasn't run by locals, it was run by expats or... Well, it, it was, um, they were expats, so they were French, these two uh, French women there. But I mean, they've been living there for years and um, the whole crew is Lao as well so I mean it, it wasn't just sort of like this you know like 
Western crew. It was like right. local residents there who were all working and like they're amazing, like amazing chefs. And mm-hmm. now they all sort of chip in for the menus and stuff. Um, anyway, so I've puzzled my way through this wall design thing again using Illustrator, but um, yeah. they wanted this like massive half tone effect. So like dots. Oh, wow. Sort of. Um, and so how I did it, I just did an effect on Illustrator. Printed it all out. Oh, no, 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 I didn't print it out. I projected it onto the wall. And then so I traced around every single dot of this halftime <laughs> image. Massive as well, like proper, about six foot by six foot. Yeah. Um, that took weeks. Um, so I was literally going around every, it was a, it was a exposed concrete wall, yeah. cement, whatever, concrete. So I was using this pencil. I, I did one circle, I had to sharpen a pencil, yeah. another circle, sharpen a pencil. <laughs> It was oh, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, like it's it's quite a, a good thing. But if you saw it, you you'd probably think like, oh yeah, I could probably knock that up in about a day. And then I'd say, all right, how? Because that took me two weeks, and it was yeah. utter agony. And then just going back to one of the things you mentioned, yeah, there, no, no, go go. <laughs> surface is one of the most important um, things yeah. to consider with any job. Right. If you're working on breeze blocks or exposed brickwork the technique and the and the um tools the brushes and everything is completely different to what you how you would work on a nice smooth painted bit of wood so what would you use on on that on that kind of stuff like rough kind of yeah yeah you get the brushes that are called fitches which are quite stiff short-haired you can get a lining fitch and you can get a regular fitch i love these this is another industry or another sort of profession where it's like uh ceramics so like i spoke to bridget and ian from case yes and there's yeah. all these mental words yeah. like slurry and God, what was it bunging or yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, it's all these archaic words. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. So Fitch, what's it called? Fitch. Fitch. F-I-T-C-H. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So which is, has got a much stiffer, short bristle hair. Right, right, right. To it. Because if you tried to use a regular sable sign writing brush on, on bare bricks, uh, you wouldn't get very far and it would mess your brush up as well. Where, where were you three years ago? That, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> it was it was hellish. So I was like burning through these pencils and paintbrushes. Yeah. And um, yeah, just that's what I mean. It's just like fumbling my way through, but like without knowing any of the technique. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get there, but I guess in, in having real respect and sort of knowledge of the craft, then you don't end up wasting your time doing all these sort of oh that didn't work so well, yeah. i'll do that again uh no that didn't work either so like you just I mean, you get straight on it there is a degree of trial and error not trial and error while you're on the job no. but <laughs> trial and error while you're preparing yeah um for new jobs because because i've kind of been learning as i've been going along yeah yeah every new job will throw up even now you know there are jobs that throw up new challenges that i haven't faced before or yeah yeah What's the what's the most challenging? I mean, let's say in the past couple of years, like what's the most challenging job you've you've had to you've been tasked with? Probably one of the ones that I did for the brewery, this brewery over this this summer just gone. Is this the one in Hackney? It's London Fields. London Fields. Yeah, 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 yeah Hackney. Yeah. Um, and this was surely just due to the size because it was twelve. 12 and a bit metres by three metres tall. Oh, yeah, because I saw it on your Instagram and it, it, it looks like a sort of, I guess it looks like a fairly regular size sign, but then I think I must have had the scale a bit. Uh, I don't think this one is, I don't think I've posted this yet on oh, my Instagram. Oh, this my was apologies. a mural 
in indoors at the brewer at the new oh brewery, no no no, no it wasn't that, it wasn't that, no it wasn't. i haven't i haven't shared it yet oh okay um but yeah just because of the sheer size of it and i used pounce templates right so i had 15 i think three meter by one meter oh my templates God. that i had to pounce by hand with this little spiked wheel Jeez. um and then hope that when we got there, because usually I would, I would always visit the site where I'm going to be painting yeah, again, yeah, because yeah. things like surface and access. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause you so might important. have a really tricky design, but then you actually can't reach it or yeah. something, or there's no facilities so to get over something. Or... I had to turn up and like hope that the measurements were right. So that my templates would actually fit, <laughs> wow. um, you know, and then, and then kind of tessellate all of these 15, Mm. templates up on this huge wall Ugh, and just it's making me anxious <laughs> yeah i think it took me about six days solo pretty wow. much with a little bit of help from the guy that designed it yeah it was just a real roller coaster yeah uh of emotion like <laughs> you get halfway through the week and you're like oh my god this is going to take me so much longer than i thought yeah yeah and then yeah. there'll be a like another moment of elation where you absolutely like yeah just knock it out yeah 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 and then Madness. yeah so that was that was that was a tough one. But like when you actually step back and you see the thing finished, yeah, yeah, you're just like okay, <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> so is that. Is that like one of your like? Would you consider that one of your kind of breakthrough moments? Like because I guess I mean obviously it's a, it's a very creative craft. Like are you continually evolving and are you sort of like researching and digging into old techniques and things like that? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you know these days, and I think it's the same with a lot of these sort of like heritage crafts in inverted commas yeah yeah um there isn't the same kind of apprenticeship structure that you would have had even up as far as the 70s and 80s i suppose yeah yeah there just isn't that anymore like i guess originally sign writers would have either gone to technical college and studied lettering particularly in the states there were a lot of those courses um and then they would have joined either a sign writer, an, an existing sign writer as an apprentice, or they would have joined as a junior at a sign firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And worked their way up and, and learnt from their elders Yeah, in the craft. But there just isn't that structure these days. This is what so, um, um, the Bobby and Kate from, you know, uh, Telegram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like they, they were saying the same thing. And that today, yeah, they, they, there isn't that. Well, I think people are sort of perhaps engaging in it more but like this sort of time taken to yeah like you say really really get mm. in there and study this one path and just get total mastery over it kind of thing yeah um but also so i've got i've started to collect a bit of a a library of um typographic and shop related um books over there yeah and yeah. um yeah just really kind of try and sort of immerse yourself in the intricacies and the little details of the old shop front layouts mm. and the kind of um, authentic period styles of lettering. And yeah. I've got books on, you know, like steam railway livery and I've got books on <laughs> gravestone lettering. And, yeah, um, that's a whole thing, isn't it, as well? Yeah, wow. that would have been gravestones was some of the earliest kind of sort of like publicly visible lettering. Okay, let's, right, let's go into the history then. So have you studied, or are you just sort of learning on the job? Like, have you sort of studied sign writing and the origins and all this kind of related? Well, I, I did like a kind of weekend starter course about six or seven years ago. Right. right. Um, but other than that, I, I'm self-taught. I've got a great little um, 
textbook from I think 1906 and it's got little pictures of all the kind of all the same materials and equipment and stuff that I'm using oh amazing at the moment but yeah just really trying to educate myself about the heritage and the history of Mm. of what it is that I'm doing because it doesn't really in the scheme of things it doesn't go back that far okay it's maybe actually sign writing itself yeah yes but because i don't know in in my mind i've got it tied up to sort of like it goes back centuries and those kind of stuff but it's probably only the maybe the start of the 19th century yeah so kind of like maybe just pre-victorian or maybe a little bit before that late 1700s so do you know like when like what was do you know what was before that was was there Uh, any sort of well there were a lot of to it yeah you used to get predominantly pictorial signs or you know sculptural so the blacksmith would have like a big ha- hand with a hammer in it hanging yeah. outside so that people knew he was a blacksmith. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the reason you didn't get sign writing before that is because people couldn't read. So there's no point having right. a sign saying blacksmith. Yeah. People can't read the word blacksmith. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Predominantly pre 19th century, it was mainly symbols. Yeah. yeah. And you still get some of those today. You get like the pawnbroker with the three gold balls oh, yeah. or the chemist with the kind of um the scales the jars oh like the medicine jars yes yeah yeah no, no, um no. and that's so some some of those things do survive today yeah, the yeah. barber's pole is a great one that you still see everywhere yeah 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 and that's um, not even a symbol that's just a sort of it's like a, a striped pole yeah does that represent something apparently it? it used to rep- i don't know whether this is a hundred percent accurate or true but we'll, we'll take represent- it as 100% proven fact go on okay i'll say it as if i know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah be, yeah it used to, uh, it's apparently representative of the bone and blood uh, yeah because they would yeah, do all sorts of weird bloodletting and amputation and crazy stuff Fuck that world the, we, yeah. we've come from leeches were involved i imagine as well <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. just blazing people <laughs> all kinds of combos yeah um yeah so sign writing uh, itself as a craft I suppose, really took off as alongside in the increased literacy of the general population in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of media as well, so is there more, are there more surfaces now? Or like, are they just sort of, what am I trying to say? Like, do we have the same, pretty much the same variety of surfaces and obstacles that we would have had back then? Or, I mean, it's mostly wood and glass and... Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, wood, glass and brickwork. Those yeah, yeah, are the, yeah. I suppose, the three things that you would encounter generally. And uh, I just, I love it when you see the old, the, an old photo of a street scene and like every surface of every building is mm. totally covered in in lettering. Yeah, yeah, like the size of the building. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, have you... um? Like, have you done a deep dive on that in Margate? Because there's still a few of them, like a few signs and buildings. There's, there's some around, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one, the ones that I love seeing, and you see so many of them about, are the old gilded house um, names in the fanlight oh, yeah, above yeah. the door. Yeah, I've never, I've never been anywhere there are, where there are so many yeah. original ones of those surviving. It's another thing that when you notice them, then you really start noticing yeah. them as well. Yeah, I've like, started putting together a little folder in, on the computer. Oh, of, nice. If whenever I see one, I stop and take a quick picture and Smart. yeah, you you did one, didn't you? I've done a few now, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, I did one in Hawley Square and yeah. one over in Cliftonville recently, and I've got a couple more on the books nice. to get on with. So, uh, do people 
sort of just come at you for commissions or like do you go around sort of like telling people you do that or how, um, does, how does that work? If, yeah, if, no, if anyone listening wants to, wants to do it. <laughs> I haven't really done any kind of um, self-promotion of any kind really other than having my Instagram account and yeah, yeah. leaving some business cards in cliffs. That's kind of... That's enough. <laughs> that's the extent of my uh, <laughs> sort of marketing Class. acumen. But you were on, yeah. was like one of the signs was on that, what was that show? Like the house, the house show. Oh yeah, the house. Uh, George Clark's old house, new home, I think. Yeah. Yeah, over near Dane Park. That was a good one. Because I think speaking of Telegram, I think they were, they had some stuff on the wall there as well or something. Yeah. Like all these sort of little Margate tidbits. There were lo- Those know? guys were really good actually at getting Margate locals mm. uh, or, you know, uh, local Margate artists yeah, yeah, in background shots and up on the walls and stuff. Right, yeah. Good for them. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so, who are your? I guess like who are your influences and heroes? So, like in terms of craft and skill and style, mm. like where do you come from, and then who are you sort of aspiring to to be, or like what, who who are you, like who are you following and um, who are you into? I suppose the big one. There's a guy called Dave Smith who works down in Torquay in Devon. Okay. who is certainly in the top five, if not the best reverse glass gilding artist in the right. world. And yeah, check out his Instagram because mm. he's... I'll put a the, link to it for sure. Yeah. At the moment, he's working on this kind of eight foot by five foot most intricate reverse gilded mirror <laughs> with like pictorial bits and wow. the most incredible kind of... Um, it's almost like Art Nouveau meets Victorian meets Baroque. Oh. Um, like foliar ornament all around it, little portraits, yeah. scroll work. Madness. And um, like I just I dread to think the amount of hours of work that he's putting into it. But, that sounds ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah. And like when I got the little notification on my uh, phone screen, like David Smith started <laughs> following you on Instagram, yeah. a little... Little, little flutter of the heart. Yeah. Amazing. There's uh, a company out near Reading called Brilliant Signs with uh, a guy called Ash Bishop mm-hmm. running that. And they do a lot of beautiful, really authentic Victorian style um, big pub mirrors and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they look super hard to do. Yeah. Have you done those? I've done, I've not done anything on that sort of scale but I'm hoping to have a couple of large glass pieces on the go this winter, yeah, oh, sweet, in the sweet. studio. So as a proper sort of, like, you can just get your monk on and just hide away under candlelight and yeah, just exactly. work on those for a, yeah, a few yeah, months. Yeah. And who else is there? There's Joby Carter of the famous Carter's Steam Fair, who, oh, who does oh. all his own sign writing for the for the rides and the vehicle, the old car, um, you know, the old... Um, Circus, the big no. sort of not, yeah. The vehicles that they use, the big vans and, and yeah. stuff to transport yeah, yeah, yeah. their rides around. And you were searching um, for a word, but you had it. <laughs> Vehicle, vehicles. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, trucks. Yeah. What do you call it? A uh, uh, wheels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's yeah. That's. I it. mean, to to be able one day to produce anything close to the kind of stuff that Dave and Ash are doing would be uh, mm. yeah. And this is the amazing thing, right? So when you you start out and you start making stuff and you put yourself out there on Instagram mm. and then suddenly all these other sign writers start following you. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you kind of start 
realizing that you're part of not just the local community in Margate of the people that you're working alongside, yeah, but you're actually part of some kind of global brotherhood of the brush. Yeah, um, <laughs> love it. And these guys are so forthcoming with advice and tips and sharing their techniques, yeah. videos of what they're doing. I was wondering um, if it was a like a very sort of collaborative, free, friendly sort of world. Yeah, because um, you get like you kind of think that it's it's one of these sort of closed off little cliquey um, yeah, things where the people who yeah. do it don't want to reveal how it's done. That's what I was thinking. Like a magic circle. Yeah, totally. Because um, I mean, I I think I'm. I'm sort of biased because I, I guess like in record collecting, I mean, I'm not, I'm far from a proper deep record collector, but I've seen that where it's obviously it's a very secretive and you know, mm. you, you've got lists and you don't want anyone else to know what you're pulling out and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Or even, you know, I've, I've heard extreme examples of like back in the day, people would pull out uh, like in America, they'd have telephone books in the in telephone boxes and um, like, crate diggers would pull out like they'd tear out the pages of local record shops and stuff like that. it's like oh come on guys but i mean i kind of get it but i think i'm used to that level of secrecy in, yeah. in a field so. that's kind of what i was expecting yeah yeah it's, good it's to totally it's the not, opposite yeah, yeah. Cool. there's a real um kind of i suppose like a camaraderie mm. about other people who are doing the same thing well, i guess like, I, yeah, I sent this yeah. guy ash bishop an email i got a particular job and i needed some advice on how best to go about it. So I, I sent him off an email yeah. to this guy who's like one of the best in the business. Yeah. My phone rings at nine o'clock the following morning and he goes, yeah, all right, Andy, it's Ash. <laughs> what do you need? Wow. That's so sweet. So yeah, it's been amazing, man. Cause I, I can imagine it. I guess also the, the sort of secrecy element is because there could be an element of like, you know, what you're doing on my turf punk like that kind of thing. like if 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 there's another sign writer in margate sort of thing yeah i could see that there are other people doing it in the area it's not just mm. well yeah um, I, I suppose i was wondering actually uh, are there many local well, the, the, um, this was the the weirdest thing when i'd been maybe doing this for about you know no longer than about sort of six months to a year yeah and then i had people emailing me going can i come and see how you do this mm. i just had to reply you know I'm only really, I'm just starting out on this myself. I don't really feel like I'm qualified to be dishing out advice because I don't want to sort of teach you bad habits or, you know, I'm kind of winging it myself. You're you're welcome to watch and it's it's up to you. But yeah. Yeah. So do you reckon you're at a level now where, well, you must be at a level now where you could sort of, you show people the ropes a bit. Yeah. I feel particularly in the last, so I've been doing it for sort of like, three three and a half years mm-hmm. even even though i did this kind of course a bit longer before that, yeah, yeah i never actually then went with it it was just like a little that. seed yeah. in the background um i mean i don't think i don't think i did a bad job i always i think i always did, delivered a good good work even yeah. in the early stuff that i did yeah for sure but um yeah i'm definitely i mean i don't think i would say i'm anywhere close to the the sort of finished article but i'm you know i'm still progressing but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's nice to see that kind of ongoing improvement in yeah in yeah. skill or whatever you know and what you're doing yeah i guess so that like the the things that kind of crystallize my influences are and they they relate to eras which i guess i sort of extrapolate mm-hmm. i was thinking about how i was going to explain this and i've 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 narrowed it down to four things which mm. is pubs mm-hmm. yep. heavy metal 
skateboarding yeah and las vegas <laughs> and, i was gonna say the holy trinity what's the what's the, yeah the big four. four yeah the big four <laughs> because pubs are just an incredible repository of incredible type yeah um, yeah when, when you stop to notice it and yeah. actually take it in rather than just kind of have it as ornaments on the walls and you get everything yeah from the most sort of lavish verse gilded mirrored cut glass victorian mm. splendor down to you know a kind of humble just sort of hand scrawled yeah, yeah. chalkboard yeah um and everything in between yeah so that that also relates in terms of the era that we're talking about to that kind of high victorian gin palace yeah cut glass splendor yeah, yeah um and then i suppose the other kind of era if we're talking about it is the 70s whether that's relates to the kind of heavy metal thing mm-hmm. or the or the flamboyant graphic style and typography of the 70s well, i'm looking at the front of your record collection yes greeted four. by black sabbath yeah four. Oh, that's one of my favorite album covers yeah yeah can't mess with that solid and i think that kind of high Victorian style and 60s, 70s kind of psychedelia have us have some connecting kind of currents. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, yeah, if you look at, uh, I mean, there's Instagram pages dedicated to this, but yeah. there's like uh, the, just like old flyers and um, gig posters and stuff like that. They're really mad stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I, I try and, I mean, sometimes if I'm messing around with drawing and things like that, like it, I, I try and sort of think of like how how would I start that from scratch and I I can't like there's no way I can I haven't internalized it enough to I just I don't get how they made these leaps in font and sort of yeah lettering choices and characters one of the, one of the crazy like things is though you'll see some lettering on a poster from 1971 yeah. and you'll go wow like that is just so out there yeah. how could they possibly have arrived at that and then you'll realize you, you know I, this happened to me once I know Six months later, I was flicking through an old Type Founders sample catalogue. Yeah. Uh. And I was like, no way. <laughs> then that, that font that was on this mental psychedelic 70s yeah. poster was from 1828 or something. <laughs> and you're... And, wow. Yeah. It's kind of comforting um, though, like seeing that that's obviously the same or like similar things are happening now. Like, you know, everyone's looking for reference and influence and, and this kind of everyone's being influenced by something yeah. so yeah. it's like i sometimes think these things just happened out of nothing and then i try and have a go at like making my own but it's just impossible like you need something it's yeah. like and even like making music sometimes i think oh, i wonder if i can make the most unique rhythm and like start my own genre and <laughs> yeah you can't do that <laughs> like you need something it has to come out of something or maybe not i mean i, I don't know it yeah. maybe not with in every case but yeah it's it, when you when you start thinking like that you just completely paint yourself into a corner it's so difficult mm. i don't know bad habit skateboarding skateboarding again a great kind of resource overload of of graphic mm. logos illustrations different styles and i just i love the fact that you can get an original kind of screen printed work of art on wood panel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's, in a shop for 50 quid. Yeah. By it, some of the greatest artists in the world. Totally. Or you're not great illustrators and designers and yeah. 
Um, and like the size of it as well is like the un- uniformity of a, a skate deck is like yeah. A5 or a- A4 piece of paper. It's a sort of, it's like the, uh, those boundaries. Of, I love that. It's, it almost makes me want to, you know, I couldn't paint a skateboard, but I sort of want to want to see a really good one. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can have a crack Actually, that. that's another thing to add to my list of aims is to have some artwork on you know, officially printed by a skateboard company on a skate see, deck. I can see a series. One day. Like, for one sure. Day, yeah. Yeah. Um, that would, that would be a big one to tick off the, uh, to tick off the list. So that's, that's sort of your, your influences. Yeah. Have this, like- and then the Vegas thing, I guess, ties together a whole load of ideas about the kind of wild westness of it. Mm. And then also the sort of heyday in the fifties of this kind of wild atomic Americana mm, yeah. road, uh, incredible roadside neon signs and things. This and, is like we're talking um, about telegram. That's their sort of, yes, they're, they're a lot exactly. of their stuff has that. Their fingerprint. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's so, so yeah. addictive about that? And it's, I guess we're talking about nostalgia, but like what, what, why do we find that so appealing? It's, it's a it's, funny one. I don't it? really get it. Cause um, I love it. And I, I, I can't really explain why I love it so much. I know it just hits it's, a certain it's like a nostalgia, but I wasn't alive at that time. So yeah, 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 yeah. Why, why is it appealing to me so much? Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a romance to it that yeah. of that kind of. It's got a frontier spirit. A lot of it's just killer design as well, and amazing it, yeah. color combos. It, I, I, um, I guess the people who made it, they're not just sort of chances or like they're not. They, they've obviously studied and they're very, very skillful. So it's it's skilled work, but. I just yeah, I can't. It also, it, it does like, have a naivety to it a lot of the time as well. Yeah, that it's yeah. certainly the advertising world. There's, yeah. there's a lot of that going on, like candy designs and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. But maybe you don't have. We, we don't have to rationalise it, man. We just like it. Yeah. No, I, I mean absolutely not. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for answers really. I'm just <laughs> ruminating. Yeah. In, into the ether. Yeah. And you've. I mean, you've done. Let's see. I might. I might even speed this up in post production. So you've done. To name a few, Marma, New Street Bistro, Margate Bookstore, Storeroom, Skate Pharmacy, Angela's, Dory's, Handwork and Found, Modern Provider, I've started calling MoPro, yeah. uh, Pra Studios, Kill Me Now, and Joseph Wales. Yeah. And more than that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Oh, and um, Eucalyptus? That's yeah, the yeah. One, uh, new one on the block. Actually, that was, Eucalyptus was one of the ones where I felt that tangible sense of, of progression of technique. I don't know what, I was just in the zone on that job and it just, it's, I mean, that, that's a, a, so your, I mean, your style, broadly speaking, from what I've seen, obviously there's many facets to it, but it's, it's this real clean, crisp, like, I don't know, almost like sharper than a vector sort of, it's just real. I don't know what I to call I it. I, I always not, aim for as much precision. Uh, precision, as I can that's it. Kind of, possibly channel through my shaking hands <laughs> <laughs> and, and it like so that the eucalyptus one like why how come that was a you said it was like an evolution is it just in terms I of know, like, i just, just felt, felt like it was as i was working on it i just felt in more control of over what i was doing than i had felt previously yeah that's massive um it can't, it's hard to pinpoint man but um, no, I understand. Like when you, you just feel like that, there's that flow state, but then it goes beyond that. And it's like, you become aware of that. You, you almost become aware that you're in that flow state, but yeah. at the same time, you're, it's like, oh, this is actually going pretty well. Yeah. And, yeah. And you, you get that mastery over your sort of hand movements or something. Yeah. 
And I also, I think I'm working with more, um, more freedom. It's like riding a motorbike or driving a car. It's like once you get to a certain level of proficiency, yeah. you, you can forget about all the, all the kind of nitty gritty that you had to think about when you were learning and you can focus on doing it well rather than having to think about every stage of every single process that you're going through in the background. Yeah. So you, yeah. you kind of like filter out that. Yeah, like the, um, the mechanics, I suppose. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But I, it, was, it was almost paralysing when I, when I first set out <laughs> on this, this endeavour because I've always been such a perfectionist and you're, you know, you're doing something then by hand and it's not possible to achieve that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no line was ever straight enough. No kind of like <laughs> corner was sharp enough. And oh, what a nightmare. No curve was smooth enough yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you kind of realise that that's not what, that's not desirable, a desirable outcome. Yeah. To have, to have it look exactly like it's been laser cut. Yeah, then because then what's the point in getting yeah. somebody who can do it manually? Like, yeah. you know, you might as well just get a, a printout. Yeah. And, and it, again, this goes back to something that you were talking uh, with the guys from Clayspace, uh-huh. is this, I, and I only discovered that while I was kind of like battling with this idea of perfection, is... Um, I'm very, Japanese... I'm, I'm very honoured that you uh, you brought up a podcast that I'd done previously, because that shows me that you've listened to it. So thank you very much, Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Please go on. <laughs> Yeah, the Japanese, this Japanese idea of wabi-sabi. Yeah, love it, love Which it. is all to do with showing the imperfection that is inherent in the hand of the maker. Mm, like in, celebrating in finished it. Object, celebrating yeah. those imperfections. Yeah, 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 yeah. And once I kind of got my head around that idea that actually it's okay for it to be visible, that it's not, mm. you know, that it's been made by a human and not a computer. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that, that's the... It's weird because I was going to say that's the beauty of these sort of hand based pursuits. But like, if you look at the old signs, I mean, for instance, the Joseph Wales, like the, the original sign, mm. like that doesn't look hand painted. It just, it looks like it's made by a machine. So uh, I, I, I really don't know. Think- I, well, I guess from a, in my mind it does, but I suppose that yeah. up close you can see it's hand handmade. Um, because I mean, I, I definitely, I, I totally prefer the handmade stuff. Yeah. But I guess sort of, I understand the the weird perfection thing. I mean, I used to have it with like when I used to make mi- mixtapes and things like that. Because I never had, I didn't have a computer, so I do it all mm. on like mini disc to mini disc. Weird, <laughs> bizarre, archaic way of doing it. Yeah. But if if one of the mixes was out of time and no, actually i used to do it on tapes so like I'd, I'd i'd have an instrumental playing and this would be the intro so i've already gone through a few weird sequences of like play that sample cut across to the next one yeah. play the instrumental get the next get like the acapella track for like a live remix i'm about to do if that slipped out by millisecond i'd bang the turntable turn the <laughs> tape off throw the tape across the room and then just get so wound up by it so it's like i sort of i can totally understand that perfectionist element but yeah. now i because i don't really sort of i don't i mean I, you know i make sure everything is as good as it can be but yeah i understand the yeah, exactly you, the you, you want to achieve a level of proficiency that yeah like know, i don't, I don't want to throw any shit. stuff up yeah, yeah yeah exactly there is there is a degree to which you want to see the those little tweaks and the little f- flick of a brush into a corner of a letter mm. 
um, which I kind of didn't grasp when I started out. Yeah, so yeah. that 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 was a big turning point when I realised that yeah. to have that freedom to go, that's fine to see that little bit in that corner, yeah. or you know, it's also stuff that your average punter or like onlooker wouldn't know exactly it's just down it's, to you like you, that's yeah. that level of self-criticism is yeah. you know knowing but i think i think and i think it's the same in a lot of the a lot of creative disciplines oh yeah 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 absolutely. like knowing when something is good enough mm. is really difficult and the amount of things projects that haven't been unleashed to the public because they're not perfect enough i mean it must there must yeah. be a whole and that was another thing yeah. I, I think i saw on another from another sign writer is that it's better for it to be imperfect and finished yeah. than perfect, but that's it. Sitting, yeah. it's still sitting in your workshop. Finished is you better can't... than perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I've, I've heard that as well. There was a, there's a hip hop podcast called Super Duty Tough Work, which is really, it's very honest and just cuts through the shit that, yeah. and it just gets to the things that no one really tells you. And um, yeah, they said the same thing. It's like, you know, you can, you can, it almost goes down to the fact like you can be really talented and have no hustle or you can be a hustler and not as much talent but you can be a lot more successful with that the latter approach mm. and i think yeah that 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 killed me because it was sort of like i don't know i feel like a lot of the music i've done in the past like you know some pretty good stuff but i feel like i've lacked quite a lot of the hustle involved right and, and yeah. there's, there's been points where i haven't just gone all out and promoted the shit out or something. I've been a bit held back and it's just like, ah, yeah, really hit me that one. So, yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. And yeah, we, so we were talking about Joseph Wales. Yeah. You got that, some, you got some history with Joseph that, that Wales. That became a real, um, you know, I, I became very heavily invested personally in that, in that project. And that, and it was something that made me feel like I was part of a kind of a lineage, I suppose, yeah. of, this craft of sign writing that I've chosen, yeah. you know, that I fitted in to the history of the town and into something that was bigger than just what I was doing. Yeah. You sort of entered the code um, or something. Yeah. 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 So I, I spotted it as soon as they started, cause it had just been painted over. It was painted straight onto the glass. What was paint? Uh, oh, what you mean that the, the sign. What had been there since I suppose the forties or fifties. Yeah. And they, they just painted straight over the old sign. With, with but, what? Oh, I think they painted the fascia and then there was another sign, maybe a vinyl sign that had been stuck onto the paint. And what was that sign for? Just, that's what I mean. Like what I was, can't remember what was, what was there before. The maybe a builder's merchant or something like that. Okay, yeah. Can't remember exactly. But I remember walking down there and they just started scraping off a little bit of it away. Yeah. And I spotted this, just the glint of that gold behind there straight yeah, away. Yeah, and I yeah, thought, yeah. ooh, that could be something a bit special behind there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was very special. And, um, so I was talking to Heidi about, um, uh, she was, she was talking about getting up there when it was just insane, like Arctic temperatures and she was chiseling away at the paintwork. Yeah. Cause yeah, she was trying to get this, like trying to reveal this magic original sign up there. Yeah. 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 yeah so I ended up becoming slightly obsessed with who this Joseph Wales character was. Mm. And I, I through various kind of like local directories and sort of online searches, I managed to figure out that that building was the sign writing workshop of this guy, Joseph Wales. Yeah. From these Kelly's directories, they're called, which are like a local kind of um, sort of listings, I guess like a... Thompson's. A, yeah. No, Yellow Pages. Yellow Pages, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the more well-known like, one. Yeah. <laughs> Not Thompson. Um, no, Thompson's is the business one, isn't it? 
Yeah, the so they were like yeah. a cross. They were cross between the Thompsons and a Yellow Pages. Right, with right. A, so they had every single residential and business address listed. Yeah, every year. I feel like that that memory um, of be, uh, Yellow Pages and Thompsons. Like I don't know why that's still in my head because it's just it's utterly obsolete and yeah. there's no need for it in there at all. But nevertheless, there it there it sits in my yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. taking up valuable space. Yeah, Sorry. I was saying that to someone recently because you get you still get all these firms that are called like. Triple A uh, conservatory uh, services or whatever. And yeah, it's, yeah. So because the yellow pages was arranged oh, alphabetically, yeah, <laughs> of course they would come. They would be the first listing on the first page. But I mean, even so, even if they're not listed, it still sounds good. Triple A, oh, they must be good. Two, yeah, f- five star service. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I'll yeah. go with that one. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So I found the first listing for Joseph Wales signwriter on Dane Hill. Uh, oh, in the, the 1912 Kelly's directory. Incredible. Um, and so I was wondering where you did the research because I guess you can go online, but that can only reveal so much. Like if that information isn't online, then you, yeah, I guess you've got to hit the library. Yeah, you know, I found that, physical... that was in the library, and yeah. they're they're all like locked away in the in the kind of archival cabinets. Ah. Those those books so you, you have, have to, to go and ask to get them you have exactly. to pull a book and then you get the swivel room and then yeah this, that's where the real library is um and i found his i think it was the EA, uh the 1911 or the 1901 census no records way. as well uh oh, any... that was online that was not oh um, okay right. is there any gold on there is there any sort of like weird stuff you found on his census record Oh, or, oh! You mean you found Joseph Wales? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. got you. Sorry, I thought I was. I, I thought you were talking about like a census, you know, like a local. No, 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 no. This is the standard something. national census. Okay, yeah, I yeah, understand. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a while to catch up. <laughs> so, all right. So, Joseph Wales. There's two of them. So there's the dad and the son. Yeah, Joseph the elder was a builder, and they had um, they had a workshop on Union Row, I think. Uh, so that helped that joined another dot as well because the Union Row buildings were knocked down, I think, to make way for the new Thanet Press yeah. building in nineteen eleven. Right. And then the new Thanet Press opened in nineteen thirteen, I think. Which is someone the... fact check that. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I say, then, everything and... is corroborated as yeah. we're we're assuming it's factually accurate. Um, so that's yeah. that's the print works. And he but he was close to retirement at that time, the elder yeah. Joseph Wales as the builder. Yeah. And then the the new younger Joseph Wales pops up on Dane Hill the following year, 1912. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And is, uh, I think I, I asked you this before we were recording, but like, do you know anything else that the younger Joseph Wales has, has done in the area? Have you seen any This evidence? is it. It's really hard to match unless I could find amazingly in some kind of like local archive somewhere, mm. some sort of scrapbook or, um, you know, book of accounts or something that he kept. Yeah. That would be insane. You could get pretty forensic with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. you do see, especially with these fan lights, because they're the most kind of common surviving sign written relics from that era, you, you do start to see particular things that pop up on more than one. And you're like, okay, maybe that one was done by the same guy that did that one. Yeah. Um, so I guess each each sign writer must have little tells, kind of little um, personal quirks perhaps yeah you see certain letter styles that are reused or certain like blends where they've on the shade where they've used mm. a blended shade that might match another one 
or just maybe because they covered a particular geographic area that there's more that there are a couple that are close to each other yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah i do try and keep a, a record of these whenever i spot a new one I've, yeah i've i've got a whole folder going on the computer of these old um fan light pictures yeah do you, do you how many do you reckon that like is there a whole world waiting to be discovered or do you reckon it's sort of i think i've new... probably got maybe 40 or 50 on the computer mm. at, at the moment That's but every time i walk around a new street i find a new one yeah and it, so it to the extent that you would think that every single fan light in margate would have had something yeah because you get i think it's warwick road possibly in cliftonville which is and they've all got the old surviving stained glass yeah right fan lights above the front door so it off it seems like every single house down those streets would have either had a, a, a stained glass or a gilded fan light of some kind or other yeah. because house houses didn't used to have numbers either they were all they would have all been known oh, by names yeah, yeah yeah of course so do you have like have you got any goals or sign writing letter writing aims and achievements you're looking to fulfill yeah there's some techniques that i don't currently um use that i would like to explore such oh, as what? acid etching oh on glass go ahead and explain that so it it creates a, a, a textured areas on the glass so that when it's gilded you get different finishes on the gold leaf oh yeah if you just yeah. if you gild onto glass this is reverse water gilding on glass you just you get a mirror a bright mirrored finish with the gold yeah where so with with acid etching that introduces some te- more textural detail okay to the gild so so you can make some slight perspective looks on the letters because you showed yeah, me something exactly. earlier yeah. where so the, there's a kind of cheat way to do it which i think is called a boston gild boston where gild. you use um either a matte varnish or um an oil size it's called oil gold size to kind of emulate those etched areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. and give you that kind of two tone matte and bright contrast. Yeah. 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 Cause what um, you show me, like the way you've done it is you told me how you did it. And then again, it was one of those techniques where as soon as you told me, I thought, Oh, okay. That makes total sense. But if you, <laughs> yeah. if, if you'd have said, right, buddy, do this, little do this letter and make it look like this i would have had zero clue i don't get it at all <laughs> and i would have made a mess of everything um it's just mad it's, it's like there's so many hidden techniques and areas in yeah. it it's, uh, yeah it's great okay so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point so i'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there and um i want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen so here is that and we will return to the podcast directly after see you soon hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're talking about the handmade, the real-time pursuits and crafts and things like that. Mm. Definitely... Maybe it's because I'm deciding to notice it now, but I feel like there's a bit of a pendulum swing in terms of sort of, I guess, maybe it's a generational thing as well. I mean, the, the, we're pretty similar yeah, ages. Yeah, this think, kind of analog obsession. Yeah, like, and, but it, I, I get it because it's sort of, it's not just empty nostalgia. I think it's uh, it's more getting to the bones of what, make something desirable and the longevity in it and mm. like what, what's your relationship with vintage and older older crafts and yeah so these sort of like heritage you naturally things? when when you get these big spikes in technological advance i think you naturally get a bit of a backlash to yeah, that yeah. so people now you know all our lives are spent in front of screens and on like scrolling and tapping and mm-hmm. and whatnot um yep and I think, like you say, our generation who were born, <coughs> let's say, in the late 70s and early 80s. Early uh, 90s. Yeah, 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. Millennial. Um, Actually, I think we are millennials. I believe. I think I'm a zenial. If you were born between, I think oh, it's like new one. 78 <laughs> and 82 or something like that. Okay, that's me then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're zenials. We're, pre, we're the last generation, uh, you know, like a mini generation before millennials. God bless us. Yeah. Um Oy. You know, we can remember, you know, most of us won't have had smartphones mm. until we were, you know, I don't think I had a mobile phone until I was like 17 or 18. Yeah, I was, I think I was um, uh, 19. Yeah. Nokia 3310 or something. Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, particularly people of our generation can remember that ty- that pre-technological time from our childhoods. Or but just, I think you're right. Yeah. It's not just nostalgia. It's I don't think so, because I, I know what that is. And I've definitely had that. Like, I think in my 20s, I... Oh, you was, remember that cartoon you used to watch? Oh, God. that. Well, yeah, it was sort of... I think it's that, uh, especially when you... If you met someone and you were gauging, you know, whether they could be... They were going to be your friend or something. Yeah. You, you work out, all right, so... He likes Transformers. That's, yeah, that's yeah. it. But And that's like when you were a kid, you, you probably got up to someone and say like, oh, do, do you like uh, whatever it is? Yeah, Transformers or something like that. And it's almost like that way of making friends. Um, so I suppose the nostalgia is, it's almost like finding your tribe in a way. Uh, it's almost like a shorthand way of making friends or 
in school you might meet somebody and then you say do you like you're talking about transformers do you like transformers yes i like transformers ah that's enough we can be friends now yeah and then when you're an adult that kind of comes into play a bit where you i mean you have like older or more grown-up references so maybe like oh did you see the wire yes i saw the wire Mm. same same thing yeah so i mean it's not nostalgic but i guess the approach is sort of nostalgic in a way uh yeah how we common interest common interests and things that you can do yeah and then and then you might go further back so it's like oh yeah do you remember this thing oh yeah i remember that yeah and then so it sort of solidifies the friendship in a way because you've both got that common grounding that you can refer back to exactly and yeah saying about shorthand as well it's like that so you can you can maybe make a joke or make a reference and the other person knowing that that person might understand what the hell you're talking about totally totally. and and i mean i do it with music all the time as well like it's really handy if say if you're making music with somebody who is into the same stuff as you you can say oh i want this thing to sound like that weird abstract reference and they'll be like oh yeah yeah got you got okay, you yeah instead of having to explain the yeah you know the, the something details. that's hard to explain yeah yeah exactly i guess yeah. yeah it's just mostly about shorthand but um anyway so speaking of nostalgia i am of course curious to know how hudson got to hermetic how how did how did that go down what's what's your background take me back um i grew up in a little town in the midlands called kenilworth which is near Co- just outside Coventry, basically. I think I know Canada. Uh, it's got a great castle, if you're ever in the area. And, oh, yeah. noted. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. <laughs> I'm always up for castles, for sure. Yeah, I guess I was quite an academic and sort of sporty child, weirdly. Hmm. Um, How so weirdly? What do you mean? In well, terms of I've what you do now? Up, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. I've ended up doing something that isn't... Not that it's not academic, because there are lots of academic elements about the research and the that kind of thing yeah yeah but it's yeah. not well it's like maths so we're talking about maths so like you you could exactly. have studied maths and that comes into play yeah so yeah yeah. It's, yeah it's not a million miles away i guess like sport and music I but what i mean is i wasn't i didn't associate. exhibit a lot of creativity okay yeah yeah, got you, yeah um i was very much more a kind of like scientific thinker and yeah did lots of sports and stuff yeah until i was about maybe 14 I guess 14 15 I started skateboarding and listening to a lot like really getting into music yeah and that's a weird gateway culture in a way isn't it because you can get from I guess you could go from sports to skating and then from skating you can get into music and then the lifestyle that it yeah can involve and yeah yeah it can sort of go off in a bunch of tangents can't it yeah well skate skate videos are oh yeah yeah amazing kind of um way into all kinds of different music so you must have you must have seen things like search for animal chin public domain do you remember those yeah 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 they this is this is me making friends with you i remember those things oh cool yeah <laughs> do you want to come around um, to my house and play <laughs> yeah it's simple as that um yeah i mean the, the the big ones that i remember from when i was first started skating were things like mouse yeah, 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 yeah. Which had a, a lot of killer hip hop on it as well. Actually. Yes, no, yeah. That, I think that's like why it's Mayfield. And, yeah, um, um, I, I think. Oh, what's the one? I remember? Uh, Fulfill the dream. The shorties one. Yeah, Do you remember that? Yeah, There's, um, I might have my VHS copy of that somewhere. Uh, still. Yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely got. It. I, think, I remember it cost about like twenty quid or twenty five quid. Is it? Well, they yeah. weren't cheap back then. VHSs. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's that's an amazing. I think I was way more into the music than the skating, but there's something about the noise of skate videos that instantly, mm. like, I mean, me and my brother used to record. So we're saying that search for animal chin. It's an old powerful yeah, yeah, yeah. video. Oh, Bones Brigade was it? I can't remember either one. I think they were connected. The I think they were. Yeah. God damn it! I have to have a look at that. But um, yeah. So like, we put a tape recorder up to the video, uh, up to the TV, and record. For some reason, we record it onto tape. Like <laughs> for what? To what end? I have yeah. no idea. But yeah, that that sound of skating on on a shitty old video camera. It's just yeah. I, yeah. I can't get enough. I st- I recently started trying to piece together the mouse soundtrack. Oh right. Buy and buy all the albums. Yeah, yeah. With the tr- with their with the tracks on it. Ah. Uh, there's some there's some good stuff on there. Simandi. Who are a oh, weird yeah, kind yeah. of obscure um, it was that, um, Magic Mountain, which is an amazing track. Yeah. They're from, uh, actually, this kind of connects to you. They're from Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. I believe. And right. you went to I went Wimbledon? to Wimbledon School of Art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did my homework, man. Ah, oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess I had a bit of a kind of creative awakening around the age of 14, 15, 16. Mm. And having been ultra academic, up as far as my GCSEs, I then I, ch- I decided to do art A level, and everyone was like, <laughs> thought like this sure? was a bit strange, <laughs> and um, yeah, I went ahead and did it anyway, and never looked back. Yeah, yeah. then I went I went and did a you do a one year kind of um, art and design foundation course. Yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. That yeah. To That's get, what I did to get into a fine art degree. Yeah, um, where did you go for that? It was called Mid Warwickshire College in. Lovington, oh yeah, sorry, no, you, yeah, yeah, you were up. Up north. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just, it's amazing because it's so open. Like you do a, a week in the photography, in the dark room, and then you do a week doing sculpture. And I think that's similar to what I did. It was a multidiscipline yeah. course. And yeah, you just, you spend a bit of time doing everything. Yeah. And I was kind of, at the time I was sort of 50-50 between doing graphic design and fine art degree course. And ended up doing fine art, which in some ways I think was possibly the wrong choice from a kind of practical career level. Right. Um, but actually, I did really get a lot out of it without really necessarily realising at the time, yeah, just about yeah. how you think about the world. Yeah, I, I think um, like most art courses, even if it's not necessarily aligned with what you might end up getting into or what you're even into, you it can open your mind up to a lot of other things. Like I definitely had that with the earlier courses, like A-level art courses. I mean, that's when my mind just got ripped open and yeah. just stretched apart. It was, a, it was so mad. It's such a huge era yeah. for me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then after, after university, I completely dislocated myself from the art world <laughs> and went and lived in the uh, mountains of British Columbia for really? uh, doing a snowboarding season out in Whistler oh, in cool. um, Canada. Oh. Um, How long is that for? How long is the season? Uh, so you get out there in kind of October, do your training ready for the hills to open and the season runs till the snow melts, I suppose, in sort of like oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so. April, May right. sort of time. Oh. And then it it switches and they do a lot of mountain biking and summer stuff out there as well. But we were there for the... For the snow, really. Mm, super nice. Yeah. And then the uh, road trip happened after that. Yeah. Which was from Canada that, to so Mexico and back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, we, we drove down 
from the hills to Vancouver. And then we worked our way down the whole height of the States inland on the way down and then over the border to Tijuana and then back up all the way up the West, the whole of the West coast back to Vancouver on the way back. And what year was that? So that was 2003, I think. So what, I've graduated like, in 2002, yeah, and the road trip was 2003, yeah. So what was America like back then, and Canada? Like, what was the? I mean, no, I'm not saying like what was it like compared to now, but like, did, what was your overriding feeling of? Like, did you feel safe doing it, or was it just really exciting? Yeah, or? I mean, the, the 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 most dangerous thing out there were the bears. Mm. <laughs> God, so yeah, when yeah. we when we moved into the, um, or when I moved into the, they had big staff accommodation, like halls of residence, basically for the armies of people that it took to run this resort. Um, and they were, they were halfway up the mountain Mm. and over the summer, I think they'd been doing a lot of renovation work to these buildings and there were these huge skips outside. But as people had started to move into the block, they'd been chucking their food rubbish and whatnot in these skips oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. The, of course that time of year the bears are trying to fatten up yeah before they go into hibernation for the winter oh. so the, for literally the first time i was walking up to with all my gear and stuff to go and find this room that i'm going to be staying yeah. in there's like a family of bears mooching around outside oh and, god oh. yeah so you had to watch that yeah but for, for the most part of the season they weren't around they were all off asleep in a cave somewhere but isn't it but like then, the, the the worst time or the worst way you can get in, in the way of a bear's business is if you get in between the mum and her... And cubs, cubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've seen The Revenant and I've seen what yeah. happens in that situation. <laughs> oh, shivers. Um, nice. So, yeah, you, you came out of that unscathed. Yeah, yeah. But you got some, you must have got some pretty nice footage of it. Did you, like, video it or cameras or? i had an old 35 mil pentax uh that i took with me yeah so i've got Smooth. some good yeah 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 good, i love it good pictures from back then but yeah i felt when, when i got back to the uk after that trip i was just desperate to get back to london i was absolutely broke i owed my parents <laughs> some money yeah because i had to i had to call them during the lost week in vegas and uh-huh. go can i can i borrow some money and they were like yeah where are you are you enjoying the trip and i was like yeah, I'm in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. We'll we'll get some money sometime. Yeah. Um, so I owe my mum and dad some money. <laughs> I got a job in a little art gallery in um, in Leamington Spa mm-hmm. to kind of tide me over, and then pretty much was sending out applications to London galleries just to get back in the thick of things. Um, what did you want to do in the galleries? Like, well, this is it. I didn't really know. Right. I just knew that I'd sort of had an art degree so i guess that's what you do next right you yeah kind of work try and work somewhere <laughs> in the arts yeah 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 and yeah i ended up doing like visitor services in, drudgery oh in in, in the gallery uh, yeah so i got a job right. at the national portrait gallery right, in, right, right, right at the beginning of 2004 on the front line as a gallery assistant yeah, yeah and kind of like managed to wheedle my way up a couple of steps into kind of yeah middle management but Best. not not doing anything remotely creative yeah unless... i guess you, you could sort of skirt around art it, you can en- enter a gallery but like not actually have an involvement in any of the art at all yeah so exactly. you're just handling the logistics and it's the... really weird in the gallery world there's a massive divide between there's a kind of us and them mentality between 
Mm. The people who do the serious, weighty, curatorial <laughs> kind of side of things and the the plebs who are out on the front line, like, <laughs> yeah. talking to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can um, imagine. But what are you going to do? I was I was there. And what, that, that's the thing as well about living in London is that once you're in that nine to five, mm. uh, once you're in a full-time job, it's so hard to try and do to try and get out of that when you're reliant on that monthly paycheck. and Yeah, um, you don't have the luxury of time to experiment with anything, really. Yeah. And you have to either be, I mean, I'd say maybe even just a, like single or or have no real other commitments mm. and then just dedicate any of your free time to any sort of creative pursuits, I yeah. suppose. I mean, that, that's, yeah, well, this I is the thing. My, what I did as well, yeah. I, I, I never saw what I was doing really as a career. It was just a job to pay for doing real life the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was playing in bands quite a lot through my sort of 20s and 30s. What, um, what, what while bands? I was while I was at the Portrait Gallery, what were you playing? The fir- I was played bass guitar in a band called Mad Dogs and Glory. Was the first band. Okay. We. Uh, I was going to say, oh yeah, 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 but I, yeah, I, no. I, I, I don't, I don't know. We were kind of like a motorheady, Guns and Rosesy, ah, uh, heavy rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was an amazing time actually because you had the old Intrepid Fox on Wardour Street in yeah. Soho was still there at that point yeah and Soho still had a Gritty. lot of the kind of seedier side which yeah. has been eliminated in the last oh say, yeah they, like 10 years they, by all the they redevelopment polished over that yeah yeah pretty uh systematically yeah um yeah so I, I, I played bass guitar in a couple of bands still still dabble I haven't played any anything for a few years now yeah yeah in fact I do still have the bass guitar that I played mm. but I was even contemplating selling that. You should paint it and sell it. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But I just think it's not worth, I'd rather, because it's not a, a particularly amazing guitar, so I'd, I'd maybe get 200 quid for it, Max. So I'd rather hang on to it. Yeah. Say yeah, 200 yeah. quid, I'd yeah, rather keep yeah. it, I think. No, 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 definitely. Memorabilia um, right there. Yeah. And so was was that, uh, was the band side of things, did you manage to make a living off it or was mm. it just a little side hustle? No, no, no. We never got... Of it? any particular paydays out of it right. we did paid gigs and stuff but yeah we weren't signed we didn't we weren't ever signed on a label or anything right, right, right. um it's just amazing fun to do it yeah yeah of course yeah what's the gap between where you were then and then where you are now like what's um, um did you actually is it, it's connected to the band stuff because our lead singer used to have some friends in hastings and we'd go down there and play gigs with their band oh and stay in their amazing, massive, period, sort of three-bedroom flat that mm. they were paying, like, 250 quid a month rent for. Yeah, yeah, but... And that just blew my mind compared to London prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that kind of planted a little seed then of, like, okay, I could escape London at some point. Mm. And then I took redundancy. They had a kind of... Um, a reshuffle at the portrait gallery and I, I decided to take redundancy. Yeah. So that was, I was fortunate enough from that to have a little bit of a money stashed away that I could potentially use. Yeah. I mean, nowhere near enough to ever even think of buying somewhere in London, but, yeah, yeah. but enough to think of some buying place somewhere like Hastings or Margate. Yeah, yeah. And Hastings just, the prices there started to just, 
slip a little bit out of my my kind of price range. Yeah. And then this is so we took kind of five years has elapsed really since I left the portrait gallery mm-hmm. and a guy that used to work there with me came moved here in I think the winter of 2015-16 and yeah he he got in touch and was like come down we'll hang out I'll show you around yeah I reckon you'll dig it <laughs> and so I I came down for the day saw him I think I saw four or five places and put an offer in on this one the next day yeah smart that's, I feel like that's um, how it happens here like I mean in certainly in a lot of the podcasts I've done so far people have either well no no it's mainly just been people looking around or like stayed here for a couple of days and then just thought yep this is it and then yeah. take to it so quick yeah I think that's just kind of how it goes down yeah it's, there's definite magic to it and if you're open to it then yeah th- this can be your perfect mm. partner sort of in a, in a place yeah. yeah it's so nice and I, I wasn't sign painting at this point I had done probably about so about sort of six or seven years ago three or four years before I moved I did do a little starter yeah the, uh, beginners the kind of weekend thing. but again because you know full-time work and relationships and whatnot I never actually went never kind of went actually went down that route yeah for whatever reason so I was still I was still doing the day job. I was still working at that by that point I was working at the Royal Festival Hall. Oh yeah. For um the whole the kind of South Bank Centre complex. Yeah. Yeah, cuz which was another funny kind of circular thing because I think the first time I ever travelled to London as an adult was to go skate the Yeah, yeah, yeah. South Bank. I, I messed around with that once or twice. Yeah. I couldn't do anything, but I just rode around and that that there's that little bowl bit. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a bowl, it's like a flat then a sudden angle and yeah. then flat but yeah we used to trundle around that doing yeah. whack tricks so then I, I came full circle and was was working yeah. working for the man yeah, yeah indeed <laughs> so yeah I, I was commuting when back down for that when I first came here and very quickly realized that that was not going to be mm. uh, a position that I could sustain for very long no as untenable yeah sure. I mean I know people that um <coughs> you know friends of mine that have lived here for i think four or five years now and they do daily on the is there a train at like the 547 or something they get (laughs) i haven't i I don't actually know what when the first train leaves yeah yeah that sounds sounds feasible i take my hat off to them because no that is brutal that is brutal doing that five days a week all year round um so yeah, almost immediately after I moved here, I had a conversation with my boss, who w- was amazing, was really kind of flexible about my situation. Yeah. About dropping down to four days a week. And then could I do one day every other week working from home? And, yeah, I see. Because um, I was doing a lot of like spreadsheets and reporting and rotors and things like you that. You have time, to so. be there for it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So when, after I'd been here for maybe five or six months, I was like, right, I've got to do mm. something that means I don't have to get on the train or go to <laughs> London every day. And someone put a shout out on one of the local Facebook groups who yeah. wanted some lettering doing, not for the front of the shop, but inside a shop. Uh-huh. And I just went, yeah, sent them a message just going, yeah, yeah I'll do it. Cool. Don't want any money. Did you, um, had you done, I mean, obviously you studied art, but like, did you have the confidence to just sort of, think oh you know i I can do that 
Or did you have to study anything before that? Or like any sort of, did you have to do any little research things or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it's just sort of, I, mean, I just you had could to do just it. I just had to go up. out there and do it to show myself that I could. Yeah, yeah. Where, what was the shop? It's not there anymore. It's, it's, it's where um, High Society Tattoo is now on the high street. Oh, yeah, opposite the hairdresser. Yeah. Yes. So that was, the, that was the beginning. And then I did a couple of other little freebies for people and a couple of really sort of very, very much mates rates mm. jobs. Yeah, yeah. And then it, very, it quite quickly got to the point where I was doing four days in London and then spending all the... <laughs> Mm. my Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. trying to kind of keep up with this increasing, um, you know, sign writing workload. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was, it was less than a year after I'd moved here and I just said, that's enough. Yeah. And handed my notice in. <laughs> um, it was a valiant effort though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. You gave it a good shot. That's rough stuff. So, yeah. Um, I was just amazed at how quickly it took off. And then I had one... I had one kind of big payday, which was the big mural for Margate Pride at Dreamland. Oh, right, yeah. The mural by yeah. the sea. It was the first one of the, that series. Right. I didn't do the artwork, but I painted it for the... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For the artist and for the guys that were running it. And um, that was it. You know, that was like, not even a huge payday, but a reasonable... Yeah, like you know, a... Okay, uh, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. There is, there is, well, there is work out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just went for it. And then from then on, is it just the case of, is it just sort of word of mouth that's done it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I haven't really done any promotion mm. other than my Instagram account and leaving business yeah. cards lying around in very, <laughs> prime spots. Yeah. But they're very attractive business cards. I, I must say. Thanks man. I yeah. I went, I went through a phase when I run out of, of the first print run of those. I did like 20 new designs yeah <laughs> going i because i got a book there's a house industries do you know heard of house industries um maybe if you show it to me it'll yeah be well. there's it a book in there familiar. and one of the things they say is you never print the same thing twice you always but i did <laughs> i just ended up getting another run of the same ones mm. then in <laughs> the end because i couldn't none of the things that i was coming up with were better than that so, yeah yeah yeah. Right, right. yeah it's just like i say i've been absolutely humbled that I keep getting messages and emails and phone calls of mm-hmm. people asking me to put paint on things for them. <laughs> well, it's, it's well earned. It sounds like so a lot of, a lot of hard work and you know, you've got these weird pivots and career changes and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. So the name hermetic. Yes. Please, please to explain origins and such. Yeah. Well, I, for, for a while I've had a kind of interest in, the slightly more esoteric, magical, occult themes mm. yeah, and yeah, yeah. imagery. Yeah. And I, I knew I wanted something that kind of conveyed that as something that just hinted towards that there was something slightly more mysterious yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I was digging through a few kind of terms and that was one of the ones that was kind of on the, on the list. And then when I started to dig a little bit further into the history and the meaning behind it, yeah. I discovered that the, herme- the hermetic tradition comes, uh, originates in um, Hellenistic Egypt and Hermes Trismegistus, which means the thrice uh-huh. great Hermes. Uh-huh. Um, 
was a kind of combination of various other um, deities, one of which was Thoth, who was the Egyptian equivalent of the Greek Hermes. Right. And Thoth, again, pronunciation check on that, is T-H-O-T-H. It could be Tot or Thut. I like or, Thoth. Yeah, it's we'll nice it to Thoth. say. He's depicted as an ibis-headed god, and he was the scribe of the underworld. Uh-huh. And he is attributed with the the creation of systems of lettering and language. And uh, Okay. Yeah, you often see him in... Um, carvings holding a, a, a scribe tool of some kind mm. so yeah when i knew it had this kind of weird sort of esoteric connection with the creation of letters yeah, yeah, and writing yeah. systems i was yeah um, that's, that's spot it on. it's like you had to go through some real caves and yeah there were some intricate. tangents followed yeah, on that on that that's great um, exploration but I, I also quite like the fact that it sound, it's kind of adjectival as well, like yeah. fantastic or um, yes. yeah. that the IC ending as well gives it, it's like it's describing the sign. It's not just a name, it's describing what the signs are. It's what yeah. it kind of sounds like it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, because I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't sort of, it, it sounds like a name that it makes sense, but then I was thinking, actually, like, what does that mean? And yeah. then... Um, but yeah, that I, I don't know if I'd have got to that without you telling me. That's totally fascinating. No, it doesn't. It's, it's really not, nice because um, I can definitely see that sort of occultish sort of flavor, and perhaps not not like not every sign you do, but like for instance, your business card. And yeah, I know I feel like yeah, there, there's some things that you do. It's like oh, I can see a little bit of a sort of dark spice in there. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not something that I'm going to inject into every job obviously (laughs) but that's one of the things that i really need to be more motivated to do is to start developing my own style producing my own work rather than work for Mm. commercial shop projects and things like that so how could you how could you sort of install your own style in uh, would it be more like people come to you for the hermetic style sort of thing yeah exactly because that's one of the things that i don't have as strongly as some other people who have taken a different route, you know, cause lots of people end up in sign writing through illustration or graphics mm. work or, and they already have a kind of signature style right, right. that their fans or whatever have, have kind of bought into. Yeah. Whereas I don't, haven't really got that element to my work. So I'd re- particularly make use, make more use of my downtime over the winter months when mm. I'm not, out there every week painting shop fronts mm-hmm. um to develop more of that kind of thing yeah, like the right. kind of the, the the cube the weird geometric yeah cube stuff and yeah. and i was saying um, is just that that cleanness and it, you know you see the comments in your instagram so i had a look at that one and then like that's the one thing people tend to keep hitting like coming back to is just that the the clean crisp yeah. precision in it it's yeah it's very no it's, it's just sort of satisfying i think it's really it hits hits me in the right place yeah <laughs> i suppose you could say well it's, it's finding that balance i think again yeah. like we say that it's uh, there's enough of the hand of the maker visible yeah, yeah. while 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 still maintaining a degree of crispness mm. yeah um, totally i mean we're gonna i think we're gonna start taking this sucker home yeah man in in time but um um, if somebody had, if somebody's mind suddenly 
took flight and they got all inspired and they wanted to come to you for a design or or maybe there's a shop owner or such like in the area uh, or elsewhere um what's the deal do they just give you a shout and say hey hudson do you want to come do my shop um i've got exactly exactly that yeah right. um yeah if they've had a logo you're gonna got... say if they've got a lot of money yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where i was going with that, that doesn't cross my mind <laughs> um no if they've got artwork if they've had a logo produced and ready to go that's great mm-hmm. if they want me to um come up with ideas I, I'd, I'd like to, if I can, start by actually going down and just meeting them and chatting through to try and gauge roughly what direction they want to go down. Yeah, and you want to get the personality um, in there as well. As, yeah. You know, I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I can do... I'll, I'll, I put together mock-ups in various different um, configurations and mm-hmm. lettering styles and colours and, and cool. whatnot and go so from there. It's pretty straightforward, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, But like you, you are for sure open to that. So like if anyone listening was interested, then they can just give you a shout, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And giving you a shout, what, where's the best place? Instagram. Gets Instagram it is. Yeah. 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 That's the only, I do have a Facebook business page, but it's rarely uh, monitored or updated. I have that as well. I've got a, I think I've got an artist page on Facebook. No. I haven't checked it for a long time. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just not a nice interface, particularly the messaging element. On yeah, there is yeah, awful, yeah, yeah. I find yeah. as well. Um, there's, there's messages that, yeah, and you look, and then it's like, oh, message requests. Like, oh, what's that folder? Yeah. Oh, that's from two years ago. That's not <laughs> like that person, obviously, doesn't yeah. like me anymore because I haven't replied to them in two years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Instagram at Hermetic Signco. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to link it up in full and uh, going to throw out some references and whatnot. Also. Nice. Thanks, man. Uh, final words. Um, oh no I haven't prepared any final words I say final words it's not final is it I mean in in closing yes do you have anything you would like to add Hudson any anything that you want to tell the public anything uh, yeah just that I'm super stoked to be finally doing something that I enjoy doing yeah man and thank you to everyone who's been interested in in what it is that I'm up to who's had me come and paint something for them who has taken a sticker or a card because it looks interesting thanks to everyone <laughs> thank you Margate yeah. this has been Andrew Hudson and Buddy Peace for Buddy's Buddies thanks Hudson thank you here we go Andrew Hudson Hermetic Sign Co yeah a lot of nuggets a lot of uh, choice goodies he mentions something about a lost weekend in Las Vegas. What happened there was we did we actually did the podcast in two halves, not on different days. Like we did, just did it in two different sittings, and we we just sort of got onto the, that little sidebar at the moment I started recording the second one. To, to include that bit, it would have extended the podcast out quite a lot. It's a really cool story, but I'm gonna um, I think I'm gonna sort of put it out at a later date. Uh, maybe some sort of bonus material down the line uh, and I mean it, it's it's cool but it was like it, I, I sort of needed to just sort of tighten the episode up a little bit and unfortunately that was a a uh, casualty of that but yeah it was uh, 
that's what he was talking about. I didn't want that to just be a sort of weird, like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, because it sounds like we've, like we were talking about something that was mentioned earlier. Uh, so anyway, there's that. Just wanted to clear that one up. That's, I think that's about it. That's all these sort of loose ends I wanted to clear up. Uh, other things to tell you about. So uh, I've got a Patreon page. You, like, don't feel obliged. It's just something that's there. If you, if you, it are in any mind to uh, to visit and kick in anything if you want to you don't have to it's there just as a as an option um i would extend my obviously my gratitude to you if you choose to do that i'm going to start posting all the episodes which will be there uh, ad free uh in case these ads bother you that <laughs> turn up now and again i think there's uh there's like one at the start in the middle and at the end um so I'm going to just post up the, the whole episode without those. Uh, so that'll be on the Patreon page if you want to have a, a little snoop at that. It's um, patreon.com slash buddypeace. Uh, links will be on, or the, the link will be on the uh, episode description. I have a Bandcamp page, which is where a bunch of my music is, which is bandcamp.buddypeace.com. It's got a ton of like instrumental bits and pieces on there, um, and non-instrumental pieces like a few like mixed projects and stuff like that. Um, thank you for sticking around to the end. Yeah, so next episode, two weeks time, uh, a guest yet to be decided, but it's going to be a slammer. You can count on that. Keep in touch, as I say, Patreon, uh, Twitter, all the links on the description. You know the deal by now. Oh yeah, uh, it will be really cool as well. Uh, just giving you a, a bunch of homework to do at the end of this thing. Um, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, I'd be super grateful for you to do that because um, they—I uh, think they help. Uh, they appear to. It's just nice, and um, it's just—it's just nice. So thanks if you can do that. I'd, I'd be super appreciative and I, I think it sort of helps push things to people a bit because uh, this is like I think this is I mean quite rightly considered a local podcast and um, to be honest I don't know how many there are of these like uh, I, f- I feel like there, I mean there must be some like which is specifically like set in a town somewhere but it, it'd be nice if this was sort of like pushed out a bit and like if i don't know if how iTunes recommends stuff to people but yeah it'd be really cool if it was like recommended to people around here and like and then you know a bit further out as well because while it's local like there's the uh i think the conversations have a nice sort of broad appeal to them yeah ju- just some random thoughts all right i'm out because my nose is running it's cold uh sky is still beautiful but yeah it's cold and my nose is running so i'm out catching a bit Enjoy yourselves. Have a gorgeous couple of weeks. Uh, I'll report back soon. In the meantime, be good, be safe, be well, be creative, um, be honest to yourself, and be Beyonce. Alright, one love. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.